What up, everybody? This is Dario Hunt from Living Life Fearless. Welcome back to another Music Files podcast. Today's date is November 1st, 2018. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Reese Walker. Say what up to everybody. What's good, everybody? Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. This is another episode of the Music Files, and we have a special guest with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, sir? Yo, yo. This is Jaron Lamar Davis. I'm right back. Uh, I was with you guys, I believe, late January or February of last year. Um, or this year, this sorry. Year. We're, we're family, so it's yeah. good to be back. Yeah, yeah. welcome he's... back, man. So for those who didn't know, he's a drummer, and uh, he was on a previous podcast, so make sure you you know go back in the files and, and check out I believe the he was our first before. special guest on any of our podcasts. Yes, that's yeah, right. So I'm excited. I'm excited. A lot, and lot seems like first, it's changed uh, since then. So, yeah, uh, our numbers are way up since then. So we'll be speaking to a lot more people. Yeah, man. Everything's on the up yeah. and up. That's how it should be growing. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, we're just going to talk about you know a lot of things that have been going on in music. Uh, going to do a little different formatting today i'm gonna start with some news then we're gonna talk about your stuff and i'm gonna come back with like one more item and then we're gonna go into some deep dive topics yes sir so right back i want to just talk about spotify i don't know if you've heard about the new rulings that the new rules that they're putting in place it's a bunch of different stuff um yeah they got the upload button they are now letting artists directly upload to their to the platform, not just labels. Yeah. Which... Yeah, that's if I'm not mistaken, um when when did they put that that rule into place? I don't know if it's in effect as of yet, but they have definitely announced I think it's in beta right now, um, but they have definitely announced that it's an upcoming feature. It will allow independent artists to upload their music directly to the platform instead of a label or aggregator. And they're saying the company will offer 50% of the revenue with the artists for the songs they upload. So, yes. Well, I guess that could be better than what it's been. Um, I mean, that's interesting, but I know the royalties for it is something like what? 0.0001 cent or something. Probably like that. even less than that. But yeah. 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 So. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, my stuff's on there. Of course, I, being an indie artist, I went through uh, for this first project through CD Baby. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess anytime you can gain a little more control if you're an indie artist, that's a good thing. Um, these labels, man, they're they're in trouble. I mean, I don't know yeah. necessarily about, about how if this is good or bad for the Spotify thing. And I'm actually for my upcoming project, I'm potentially shopping around, maybe getting with the label. So. Mm. Uh, but this is interesting. I'm going to have to do some more researching on this one. What, what What's y'all's thoughts on that? Oh, man. It's interesting. It's weird. Because, uh, like you said, about the royalty st- situation, it leaves a lot for the average indie artist to not gain, except for exposure, whereas say, like, a Chance the Rapper indie artist or just, like, somebody more well-known that isn't tied down to a label, it it's going to allow them to do deals directly with Spotify. And yep. um, 
essentially Spotify will be the label. Spotify is the label. So yeah, so like that's so that's why I'm like I don't I don't know how that I feel about that. Like I don't know, that's kind of weird. It's like they were already kind of doing that with the, like the exclusive album release deals and stuff. Right. Um so for me it just looks like they're kind of trying to like take the Netflix approach with original content and pay mm-hmm. artists, you know, other except they're gonna like let independents have their their spot. I don't know how the platform like interface is gonna work out. You know, I don't know if it's gonna be, you know, like how easy is it gonna be to find all these new individuals, and and you right. know, it's just it's complicated. It sounds like a complicated mm-hmm. thing that I'm sure they worked out, but I'm just interested to see how the platform handles this rollout. You know, right, and, right. Is this going to cut off people that are already uh, with labels, like artists, um, similar like with Netflix? Mm-hmm. Although Netflix is kind of controlling their own destiny, there's certain things that you can't get on Netflix because of that. So right. I'm wondering if Spotify, like I was looking up, there's a couple of jazz artists. Um, I was wanting to check out their albums a couple of weeks ago, and I realized that they didn't have stuff on Spotify. But I think some of that uh, for, on, on their part is by choice because they kind of, they're European. They like people to go directly to them and purchase, mm-hmm. um, you know, music instead of just being able to stream it for free. Um, yeah. But this is this is interesting, man. This is, you know, yeah, it's it, interesting because the flat rates, um, Apple Music, you know, pays more for to artists in terms of streams, but like not that much more. You know, it's still fractions, but um, at the same. I mean, yeah, from my think? from from my perspective, from a non musician's perspective, from coming from more business side, it makes sense for them to do this because they don't have to pay labels the fifty five you know percent they're already paying them. They can basically pay artists less money for them to upload directly, and you know who knows they can get artists that can just blow up like like they do on SoundCloud uh, mm-hmm. overnight. Mm-hmm. And not have to worry about paying the labels and dealing with the labels' issues, and they'll mm-hmm. still be paying out a lot less in the long run. The artists will be making more, but they'll be paying out less to mm-hmm. the artist than they would to the label. Right. And then on top of that, they'll be kind of cutting out one of their biggest competitors in the space, which is SoundCloud, because this is why SoundCloud is so popular with a lot of these artists, is because. They don't have to have a label. They don't have to have like these aggregate groups to have their stuff be right. found or uploaded. So if you can just do right. this on Spotify, that's going to put even more pressure on SoundCloud to like kind of come up with something else. And they've already kind of been struggling on the money front. So, well, that's because right. they don't have the download button. Exactly. So it's just it's just extremely smart. <laughs> they have the upload now, but the, yeah, they right. don't have the download. If See, we, I, if we could buy music from them and and store it on my phone without the platform, like if I delete Spotify and I could actually have the music I bought through Spotify, they'd make money. But you know, right, right. Well, they just turned the profits for the first man. time ever. Yeah, man. I mean, that's interesting because, like, I I have a uh, business background too. So, I mean, I I agree with everything that uh, that you're saying, Dario, too. But then the artist in me makes me think about like kind of like what we talked about um, in the last podcast. And it seems like we always come back to when you're doing a comparison or of quality music. Um, it seems like they're dumbing down their product, just like everything else in the millennial culture in order to get 
more people. So they'll make more money. But now I'm concerned about like bedroom Johnny that just, you know, I just recorded this in my bedroom with this terrible software, but now I can upload my stuff directly to Spotify so, without. Okay. So, hey, so uploading yeah. is that, yes, you can upload, but they it still goes through like a, a, a curation, process. like screening process oh, okay. before it actually gets put into okay, it. Good. Like you can upload it for editorial consideration. Yeah. You know, for the editorial playlist, but doesn't necessarily mean that everything get, that you upload is going to get nice. thrown on there. So they still do yeah, some sort sense. of quality control. Like, how can they like just monetize the stream? No, no, it's not completely open. Things, you know, it would have to be some some kind of clearances. There's still some screening. There's still some, you know, some curation. Yeah. There's some checks and balances before uh-huh. you, music actually get gets out there. But I mean, you're right. There is going to be. I mean, we've already seen it. There is the quality of the music. Is going to take a hit, and it's been taking a hit for the past, you know, whatever. I wouldn't necessarily say the quality; it's just the 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 overwhelming quantity of music that's out there. The high quality stuff is a lot less because the pond is so big. You know, when the mm-hmm. pond is so much smaller and when it's so much harder to get into, you had to be kind of quality. Like, yeah, they had some gimmicks in there, but it was far less than it was the quality. But now it's like the gate is wide open; anybody can hop in there. So. So like everything is flooded, you don't lose the quality, but it's just spread out so much more, and it's so much harder to find in the forest, basically. But hmm. that's kind so of the cost with it. Like you get more eyes, but at the same time, you get more people. You know, so yeah. So now it's a matter of two. Then how how um, intricate is that curation screening process going to be? Because is it is it going to be something where it's as strict as a Pandora per se? Where they're just like, even if the music's good, they're like, hey, we don't have a need for this now. But um, uh, if that's the case, then having a label may be more beneficial because it gives you that clout kind of. Um, the label definitely helps. Um, you know, they are known. Uh-huh. They're like a respected name, respect. Like they respect, you know, what their opinion about music is. So obviously, that's going to help. Mm-hmm. But I think for like like he was saying for like independent artists to have kind of already established themselves like Chance, mm-hmm. well, Chance the rapper independent mm-hmm. like for people like that <laughs> like that's really going to help them out so much because then they don't have to do these deals with anybody else they can just exactly. do this completely with Spotify and you don't have to mm-hmm. be like Taylor Swift or like whatever these massive megastars to do it you can still be a mm-hmm. a well known commodity and and still mm-hmm. have that have that luxury of somebody with a big name like that. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Big capitalism. I like it. I like it. If for, if you're a big name, independent artist, because now you can control your control own everything. destiny. You can do your own negotiations they and say, your own contracts. They said you control, uh, like you get a hundred percent of the royalties and you get like 50% of the payout or whatever the revenue. Yeah. Yeah. The, this is <clears throat> pretty much just opened up partnership deals with yes, streaming they're, services. They're just trying to replace the labels basically. My 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 curiosity is going to be how the labels respond to this more so than mm-hmm. you know are they going to mm-hmm. start pulling people from their platform because they're like trying to basically nudge them out of the way and just kind of cut out the middleman. So I want to yeah. see how, yeah, well. you know are they going to start excluding certain big name artists from there? Like, no, fuck you guys. You can't have that from him. You know, I'm kind of surprised that like Universal doesn't have its own streaming service. I mean, Spotify is was a wasn't a conglomerate of a lot of record labels and record labels X. 
Yeah, yeah. Everyone invested in it, uh, but a lot of people pulled out. So mm. I don't know who's still like. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly who's Spotify. still behind the scenes, but. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to make a streaming <laughs> streaming service and make it profitable. Ask Jay Z. Ask you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you yeah, got yes. the most popular names: Jay, Beyonce, like Kanye, trying to push a, and they still struggling. Yeah, like, but, but we're acting like thing. it's not. It's not working though. I mean, like just because like Jay Z turned that company like he quadrupled its worth in you know like two years like you know yeah but they're still in a far far they're still far far behind spotify oh way far behind now in the whole game but universal as a conglomerate has way more artists like if they yeah i mean for sure they could services harder it they could they could push back they could. Push they definitely could. I mean, you could. You see it. You see it in TV. I mean, you see uh, Disney. They're doing their own streaming service now. Uh, Bro, all, Disney's all these individual, all these individual channels and cable networks are starting to do their own streaming services. CBS is doing one. Like they're just everybody's kind of pushing back on Netflix, and you know, yeah. not gonna just let you have a monopoly on everything. So yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see labels trying to do it, but it's harder with music because. Music is so much cheaper to make. Like artists mm-hmm. can come from anywhere. Like TV, you have to go mm-hmm. to these people. You know, to have a show mm-hmm. produced, you have to oh, go yeah. through these networks. And now with music, with everything, you don't have to go through them. Yeah. So it could it happen. But it's just I just record. I just don't see it going to to the extreme that TV streaming is going right now. Mm. We have HBO Go, Showtime, uh, you know what I'm saying? CBS, <laughs> ABC, Disney, like Hulu. Like it's it's almost too much. Yeah, it's a lot going on, and most of us mm-hmm. we only use. Like I have my my certain favorites, on, of course, on the TV. I <coughs> all these apps. I only use the same ones. I don't. I don't really use right. Hulu. I use Netflix. And you know, for somebody else, they may only use Hulu, and they don't use Netflix. So mm-hmm. it's all hey. of these options, and it's Two becoming words. like a Pepsi Coke thing. Fire stick. Oh, would you say, Dario? Fire stick. Two words. Fire stick. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Then you can get it all. He's like, why choose? <laughs> I'm not saying I do it, everybody out there listening, but I'm just saying he just I, hear I hear it's great. Those. Yeah, I hear it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we, got the, uh, we got a new sponsor. <laughs> but I mean, before we get off this topic, I just kind of want to, I don't know, since you are a musician and you go through this process, can you kind of tell us the process of getting your music on Spotify? Yeah, so that's and that that was one thing I was going to bring up is for for me, um, I've only been through the process twice now. And it's it was once when I released my single off of my album and then when I did the uh, the entire album. So I went through um, CD Baby, which is a dis, you know, it, um, distribution oh. outlet. Uh, so what happens is with them, and there's other ones too, but they're all pretty much the same. What happened for the indie artists is you basically you submit your information just to CD Baby, and then CD Baby disperses it everywhere, which is essentially it's nice um, because it's the same thing that a label or an indie label would do for you. Um, mm. No, but you collect all of your, you know, all of your money. So. Right. Um, now the drawback of course of that also is again, like, like we was talking about earlier, there's no, um, 
you know, not having that name by you. I mean, that, that's what the labels can assist with, which makes it easier to get press. Um, you know, if you don't have a label, then the next step is trying to find a publicist or doing all of that work yourself. So it's a lot more groundwork on the back end that you have to do. Um, and that's what I was going to say about the Spotify. So if you have one artist per se, this is just one more extra hoop you have to try to jump through. Like for me with my album, I had CD baby taking care of like Spotify and that type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But even still, there was certain work that I had to do on the back end to, um, quote unquote, apply. So like Pandora, I had to individually, like personally submit music to them because CD Baby didn't do it. And um, and I actually think with Spotify, I think I had to sign up. I think I still signed up for Spotify. Like they put your music on there, but then to go through the verification process, all of that stuff, you're still doing all of that. So. Maybe it isn't one, an extra step. I need to actually go back and look at that. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, like I said, man, when y'all brought that up, I definitely need to be researching that because I need to be thinking about what it is I do want to do for my upcoming projects. Um, it may not be beneficial, yeah. even if I have labels coming at me to, to just sign away, especially knowing that the industry is constantly, is turning towards the artists. I mean, that's, that's our generation in general. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're always capitalizing, you know, I mean, basketball is, is doing it. You know, you're seeing the Le'Veon Bell situation with Pittsburgh where people are concerned. We understand our value a little more mm-hmm. than, than maybe back in yeah, the day. Sure. Can't yeah. keep, can't keep raping people for, you know, not what they, what they yeah. are. So, yeah. right. How is there no football player that's as rich as any football owner? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, why is there no football player like Only a, a Jordan of football? You know what I'm saying? Like there is none in terms of yeah. like money and influence and stuff like that. So like that's, yeah, you know they don't. Well, that's a whole another. That's a whole another thing with NFL. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is, man. But with with all of us that played basketball before too, like the one thing I do appreciate. I mean, not to get off topic, is that <laughs> the the entrepreneurship and the mindset of the basketball player has. It seems like it's always been light years ahead of you know, what the football players, they've, they've allowed themselves to be controlled for so long that they don't, they don't understand necessarily that there's a better, a better way. Right. Um, and I've had conversations with people about that, you know, with football, you know, the fact that they're too afraid to go on strike. I mean, I know, I understand Bro, most contracts aren't crazy. guaranteed. I know but the league should have been shut down. Like I'm surprised. Yeah. They're that's still my playing thing, football. Yeah, it's their players union, man. Well, yeah, yeah the, the NBA stopped playing. Them. They don't have a backbone. Yeah, they don't have backbone, man. They almost went on strike a couple years ago, and then the players, they panicked in the meetings. That and was they so gave weird. the owners even more control, which was crazy. That's what I was Look, thinking. I mean, because the right, NBA, but, at least, and like you said, with the basketball example, because the NBA actually had, like, things change. Like, their, their regular season. I'll say, I'll say there's one big difference. I'll say there's one big difference between the NBA and NFL, though. In the NFL, there's what, like, how many people on the team? 53 players. 53 roster. Plus practice You squad, have like yeah. third, fourth string players. In the NBA, it's what, 12-man, 14-man rosters? Yeah. So, and then in the NBA, if you're a star basketball player, you're a star basketball player. There's not some way that can just come in and step in and, and kind of do what you do. And, and football, very, very interchangeable. A lot of those positions. So, a lot of those people mm-hmm. really can't risk losing that position because there's going to be like a hundred, two hundred plus more people who are viable 
that can step in and do what you were doing. Maybe not to your same exact level, but to a high enough level where they're going to take that person over you because it's less of a risk and less of a headache. So, right. But that's that's one that's huge why. difference between the NBA and NFL. NBA, right. the players have all the power because they are the face of the franchise. They are the and NFL. There's very few faces of a team. It's just the team. Uh-huh. You know, right. Jerry Jones is the face of the Cowboys. Not you know, not nobody else. Like it's mm-hmm. so it's it's a it's different. But yeah, all right. But before we gotta move on to the next topic. So, <laughs> but before that, can you slide to your left for me a little bit? Uh, yeah, try to get yourself in the center. Cut, cut yourself off in half, man. People can't yeah. see you. All right, you good. Mm-hmm. Um, so one one last news item. Um, it's it's kind of kind of in this line already with like artists and labels, and but this time it's with YouTube. Mm-hmm. And the European Union has just passed uh, a new directive, a new copyright directive, where it seems small, but it's it. I think it's going to have a massive impact. It's changing the onus of um, protecting copyrighted material from before it was basically made mostly on the individual who is uploading the content. Mm-hmm. The onus was on them to not infringe on copyright and they're shifting the onus from them to YouTube itself. Mm-hmm. Basically saying YouTube is responsible for these, these people who have these copyright infringements and they've mm-hmm. done this before, mm-hmm. but now it's in law. Like they're trying to change this and, uh, Oh, wow. I think it's going to have a massive effect on content on YouTube, which is probably the biggest content platform there is in the world. Um, yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed this part, man, only because I I noticed the benefit from my music of that, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of how I found out what was going on because I like when I went through CD Baby, they uploaded music for me under their streaming guarantee um but i decided to add my album to my pick my own youtube page full of uh, the full length album mm-hmm. and uh when i did that i realized i went to it one day to kind of just check my views i'm always paying attention to did analytics. You get a copyright uh notice i didn't get the copyright notice but what i got was when i go to this description i noticed all of the licensing so i uh, at that point i was like well i'm essentially anybody that clicks on this video like i i'll still get money for it though per se um and i saw ads on some of my on on like a a single i uploaded um last year so it Mm. was interesting seeing just seeing that change because it's like i uploaded this now i got commercials and (laughs) coming on here but uh Mm. but it's interesting because now and what it what a friend of mine that's a rapper explained to me too is anytime like if i was to upload I guess a Nas record, um, then at this point, instead of me getting in trouble for it, I guess essentially, like you said, Dario, that they're putting it off more so on YouTube than like me having to watch videos for stealing or putting me in YouTube jail or doing any of that stuff. I mean, it's just crazy the changes that are taking place so rapidly. Um, I mean, people are panicking. So, people in power, these labels, all these people that own the rights to own the rights, not the people that actually create this stuff, but the people that actually own the rights are panicking because they want their money. You know, they want all their money, which is, okay, reasonable. Sure, mm-hmm. you should get paid. People shouldn't infringe on your copyright. But by putting the onus on YouTube, what do you think YouTube's going to do now? YouTube is going to crack down, down so hard yep. on anything 
that possibly smells like a copyright. Mm-hmm. And they already cracked down so hard on stuff that's like clearly like fit. They say anything can be fair use, but anything that's even if it's fair use, the yeah. chances of you actually, you know, getting to use it are very low. Like I've been through this multiple times. So, for example, we do video roundups where we talk about new music videos and, you know, movie trailers and everything. So, I used to have the actual videos playing, like the actual audio playing. And I found out very quickly, even having like a 10-second thing with me talking over the actual stuff, which falls in fair use and actually commentating on the actual topic of it, I got copyright notice at the copyright notice at copyright notice. And yes, the whole process, I'll tell you the whole process is you can appeal. Mm-hmm. You can appeal it. Give them the reason why. But it's, you're not appealing to YouTube. You're appealing to the owner of the copyrighted material, which could be some oh, giant label like Warner. So automatically, unless you're some big name channel, they're just gonna be like, yeah, fuck you. No. You can't use it. You can't right. use it. It's blocked. Or, or you can play it, but we're just going to monetize everything so you don't get any money from it. <laughs> and then it's like, and mm-hmm. then if you do, and then if you appeal or you lose, you could end up, and then if you try to fight it, like you could end up getting a strike on YouTube. And for those that know, if you get three strikes, right, we get three. they take down your channel. So right. it's so easy to get a strike and you really don't have any power. Even if it's clearly within the legal uh, guidelines of fair use youtube basically says we're hands off it's it's up to the to the owner of it you know and the owner if especially if it's a big company mm-hmm. they're always going to say fuck you to the little guy and like you can't do anything but this is stupid especially when it comes to music because so many so many artists have benefited off of fan covers off of remixes off of parodies off of like all types of shit of using that, but doing it basically free promotion by like the hundreds of thousands of views by other people, you know, maybe, maybe refurbishing their music to, mm-hmm. to something else, especially covers. And yeah. now, and now like they're going to shit up. They're going to, that's going to, they're going to about to crack down so hard on that whole sector of YouTube, which is the stupidest mm-hmm. move in the fucking world to me. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's what we all use YouTube for. I mean, essentially, you're going to check things out. I mean, obviously, people that are putting on, like, even rare documentaries, stuff like that, you can't get it nowhere else. Somebody else else might only own three copies in the world that might, might, you know, still be around. And somebody Mm -hmm. has that copy, and they're nice enough to share it with us. And then, you know, you flag it. I just just think at one point, all right, you're already making millions and billions of dollars off this. (laughs) I I think taking a small hit... Of versus the fucking free promo, yeah, you're getting right. is kind of worth it. I want to hear what like, Lior Cohen has to say because he's the head of music oh, on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, a lot to say about it. He he says he's saying a lot of things that I'm saying. Okay, that is yeah, stupid. I wanted to know. Like, I was like, he should be pissed. Like he is pissed. Okay, he, he's pissed. He's saying we understand the need. He says, I'll, I'll just I'll read the statement right here. Let me be clear. We understand and support the intent of Article 13. We need effective ways for copyright holders to provide their content, but we believe that the current proposal will create severe, unintended consequences for the whole industry. We still have a couple of weeks to work together towards a better final. Uh, 
The music industry should really pay attention to these unintended consequences. The system that largely contributes to their success is at the risk of major change in the EU. That's I mean, uh, that's what he's talking about yeah. specifically, right? Like you guys are getting, you guys got so big off of YouTube. You guys got so much free promo off of YouTube. Right. Like these people are literally fans are literally promoting your shit to the ends of the earth, yeah. and you're not spending a dime. And like now you're about to just come show right. That's just stupid. It's so they dumb. Need to fight hard, hard, a little harder, man. Like I get it. Like you should be able to upload somebody's entire like album and then like try to monetize it and shit like this. Like yeah. somebody's videos and try to you know. But but if it but they need to do a better job of protecting fair use, in my opinion, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's the thing where my my situation is uh slightly different than most because I. It, I uploaded essentially my own music and that's probably why I didn't mm-hmm. get flagged after I'm sure they did the research and realized that this guy is also the same guy that CD baby uploaded their, this music. Um, mm-hmm. Because most people aren't doing that where they're uploading their own full length album. It's usually like, there's a couple pages that I follow on there, which who knows what's going to happen with them. One is like, uh, I can't even pronounce it right. It's like the letters M I L channel. They put a bunch of like underground hip hop stuff like that on there, but they do full length albums. So I, who knows what's going to happen with those types of channels. Cause there is yeah. of course, you know, a hundred thousand subscribers, you know, what's going to happen so, to all these reaction videos. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause that's like fight, fight videos, post fight videos and all that right. stuff like that. I mean, reaction videos what, get, get yes. more views than the actual, than the actual music video, than yeah, the actual yeah. song. I mean, that's what yeah. I subscribe. That's what I subscribe to all that stuff. I, mean, I want to see. And then like, there's reaction know, videos engagement. to all like a compilation reaction of all videos. the reactions. Then they like you know yeah. they make a compilation yeah. of all the YouTubers reacting to like, like I'm, I songs. mean like, man that's crazy do. man because there's a drum there's a drummer right now his name is uh, I think Josh Crawford but he's hmm. he's been blowing up super fast because all he does is he just takes a video that was uploaded to YouTube of a drummer hmm. and then essentially plays the video and then has a webcam of himself making facial expressions and stuff during the video and everybody's subscribing to him people love reaction channels they get the fucking oh, hundreds wow. of millions of views bro like yeah. it's ridiculous but yeah. I, I i don't see them being able to continue because it's already hard enough i'm surprised that they can do it as much as they can because they're yeah. playing the actual song they're playing the actual video well, because that's I, the thing. Once, people want to hear it. Like, because I'll be honest, sometimes there's like a new single and I'll want to listen to it and hear what someone else thinks about it at the same time. And sometimes that just happens to be, oh, this person's, you know, insight seems to be, you know, in this realm. Let me see what they have to say about this song while I listen to it. So, like, it, so a lot of people's first time hearing some of these songs is on the reactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then they, I do re- they we do reactions, but ours are like more post. Yeah. Like, I mean, I do, like you said, like you know, we do, we do reactions mm-hmm. to music and albums, but more like we don't do like first listen reactions. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> but we do like post listening reactions where we talk about you know everything we feel. And like sometimes I want to throw, I want to throw the actual songs in there, throw, you know what I'm talking about. But 
Mm-hmm. After I started getting those copyright strikes, or not strikes, but like notices and shit, I was just, it's just not even worth the headache, bro. It's, like, not, it's just not. No, so I'm just not. like, fuck it. I'm not even going to put them up there. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna, that one's re- gonna be really interesting to see how, how that one turns out and how that's gonna really affect YouTube, especially for yeah. artists. Because I think now that's, you know, on one hand, you got Spotify kind of helping the artists out, and then you have like the YouTube <laughs> shit going on that's like, you know, you get up one and then you lose the other. Like, it's, yeah, right. Yeah, and it's weird, man, because, you know, the, the YouTube one to me is a little bigger deal mainly because we as people, tend to hear with our eyes so the fact that there's video that's that's the main draw to youtube being able to do the, people that love you too. which spotify is not doing you know mm-hmm. and uh and it's interesting dario because like you said you you think this is like the way they're going about it they're they're doing just like politicians they're making changes that and they're presenting it that it's just a small change but uh but like you said it's it's actually bigger Massive. than what yeah it's way bigger than what Mm-hmm. people realize right now because they're presenting it like oh you know this is and 100 percent, it's major labels behind it 100 percent. yeah oh for sure yeah i mean that's they this was it, it seems like i don't know who did what first but it seems like it's part of the the kickback plan against spotify maybe like if they're going to do this with spotify then maybe we need to kind of ramp up what we're doing i mean i wouldn't know because you were the one that told me about the spotify do you know who mm-hmm. Who kind of made that move first? Was it Spotify, and then um, the, the YouTube kind of uh, cracked down after that? I, I want to say Spotify only because I remember hearing about that one before, like days before. Uh-huh. I heard about the YouTube one, but I don't, I'm not. I can't say 100 percent certainty. But you guys can yeah. let us know in the comments which one which one kicked off first. Yeah, the major labels, man. That's that's a joke, man. But I mean, that's the thing is they, they did it to themselves. And if it all comes down crashing and burning, but they're only going to be able to look at themselves. I mean, the, just the way they've handled so many artists throughout the years and just the, the talent pool is not what it is with, when you compare it with, uh, like indie labels. Like I look at, um, mainly the LA cats, man, like between, um, TDE and then the musician side of, of that, which is mo- I mean, look, like the brain rec- feeder and all those record, guys. Being in the record label business is it's a dying industry, and they're just clinging on to whatever yeah. little change they can. That's it. Right. But it's a dying industry. It's going to it die. Is. Like it's it, yeah, it, it is it's especially since records nobody's hardly buying anymore. It's made this the stream doing all that individual singles. That's yeah. that's what our our culture is into. Nobody's carrying around. You know, people want to support the artist now. Album. Like if. If uh-huh. I if I have if I can support an independent artist, I will support somebody directly over buy something from a label produced, you know, artist yeah. any day. Like that's why people that's why all these independent artists are doing so well because they're they're selling stuff like they're like they, that's how they can make like vinyl, you know, print like a hundred vinyl records, you know, do like these enhanced, you know, pr- uh products, products, even though maybe right. their audience isn't as big as somebody else. But uh-huh. it's it, it's like their fan base is so in tune with them because they can follow them yeah. on everything mm-hmm. that they're right. willing to pay that premium just to you know support yeah. them because they love what they're doing. Like, but if they were on a label, like I don't think they'd be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's just yeah, it's 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 gonna change. Like it it it's just them fighting, trying everything they can their hardest to fight against like the 
the rising tide. That's it. But it's mm-hmm. nothing I can do. It's going to happen eventually. Like it's already been, it's already basically on its lifeline since the early two thousands, and now it's like it's they they can really see it closely. It's about to be done. It's about to be over. Yeah, yeah, which is a good thing. But yeah, uh, so. We did a deep dive right there uh, <laughs> on Spotify changes, YouTube changes. Yeah. Um, for everybody out there listening, you know, let us know what you guys think about what's going on. You know, uh, especially if you or yourself are an artist and you know have to go through the whole process of dealing with YouTube and Spotify. It's almost impossible these days not to. So mm-hmm. you know, we, we want to know what you think about it. Let us know in the comments down below. So you were on our podcast. A long time ago, and you were on there because you had an album coming out. Yeah. Yep, man. It was, um, you want to tell us, you know, yeah. what was yeah, your feelings yeah. uh, after your first release? Um, what was well, the responses? You know, what was it, you know, just what was the overall yeah. experience of releasing, you know, your first one? And, and what people think about it? What did you think about it? Looking back at it, and you hope yeah. to learn from it. Um, man, it's, it's been crazy, um, mainly because I think from, I have to actually go listen back to the first podcast, but at the time, I, the big hangup with, with, with the, uh, the debut album for me, um, Jaron Lamar Davis, my view through the lens of music was, mm-hmm. I had been listening back and forth to those songs for so long, most of the material I wrote in 2015, so, um, mm-hmm. I was not prepared to um, to receive, uh, I won't say accolades because I haven't won any awards or anything, but I guess the rave reviews that I've gotten from listeners, I was not expecting, mainly because the music, to me, I'm, I was so self-critical about a lot of it. Um, being fresh out of school, I, the school that I went to didn't really, they didn't encourage building artistry. They, they were more about academia, and I say that, mm-hmm to mean like a curriculum and they teach every kid the same. They, they weren't developing, you know, yeah. the, the individual ability in each mu- musician or artist. They weren't able to identify, oh, this person has, you know, a special gift. So I say all that to say, since I was in school and I was playing drums, it was more so like, oh, he's a drummer. So a lot of people didn't realize I had the, the wide palette of creativity um, even though I knew I had it, I just sometimes you bottle up your gifts when you know that the people around you. Well, let me ask you: How crucial do you think schooling is for like musicians? Not not musicians, you know, that want to play in like the orchestra or like you know some some setting uh-huh. like that, but like just musicians who want to be more independently creative and just you know make music that they want to make. Right now, that. Uh, and that that question, I'd say, and this is obviously I didn't go to every single university, but mm-hmm. the big percentage of school will be because uh, I've never I've, I've always wondered how can you standardize you know something like how to be a musician, well, really, and that's know? that's the problem you really can't, and the the problem is also that schools are behind the times, like at, just like the labels, the they're not. There's some schools that are doing this, like your Berkeley Music in Boston, and there's a few other schools. But for the most part, mm-hmm. the majority of them, there's guys that are halfway practicing or they're not necessarily 
extremely proficient at their instrument, but they're going to school, they're passing and teaching music, then they get a degree, and so they're professors at these schools. And the problem with that is, um, one, usually they're only offering a jazz program if you're not in classical. They're not offering commercial music. Mm -hmm. There's some schools that are, but the issue with that is jazz, you can't really build a career off of. They're not telling the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not teaching people electronics and, and all of the things of our era because that's, that's, that's what music is now. It's you know yeah. using electronics and being able to do these things. Mm -hmm. They're not teaching that. So mm -hmm. um, I would say it's not very beneficial from the music side unless you're doing the things that you need to do on your own, like mm -hmm. it, picking a school where there's a lot of kids that are going to graduate and have music careers again like a Berkeley music a lot of their got musicians that go there they leave school early they're not pressured to get a degree they leave like mm -hmm. after their first or second year and they hit the road with Beyonce like one of my friends she's a trumpet player from New Jersey mm -hmm. and she's been playing with Beyonce for the last three years um oh, wow. and the I, I got another girl that went to Berkeley that played uh she was on a couple of my rep um, uh, my songs from my debut album and she's uh the house percussionist on the Colbert show. So um, I don't believe oh, that she God. finished school either because that school was cultivating. They were preparing the students to have that type of career. So, mm -hmm. so when the opportunity came, they didn't pressure you to graduate. Um, and the school, the school that I was at in Missouri, I, I got ready. Mm -hmm. I tried to transfer multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, one, one time I tried to transfer to a conservatory in Kansas city and, uh, Mm. teacher he's just like you got so much you need to <laughs> like i've been keep in mind i've been playing drums since i was two years old i've played in mm. all different types of backgrounds the church and uh and i'm i'm hungry and self-driven but in in uh i'll call it what it is like white academia world because that's what it is they mm -hmm. oh you got so much you need to learn and like yeah. you said darice it's not music is so like immeasurable it's hard to gauge so how do you know like we're always learning if mm -hmm. if you're an individual or as a man you should always be learning so what is what does that mean you know what you percentage so of people you've learn. played with will you say is like school taught and versus just experience taught you know oh man i'd say it's for me it's half and half and i say that to say again not to get into race but since i'm on both sides of the playing field mm -hmm. depending on the style of music usually if i'm playing neo soul or gospel you know r&b pretty much anything that's like the music that people want to hear most of those guys were not schooled mm -hmm. um they may have done like what i did like i wasn't schooled i had been learning and playing but then i decided to go to school just to polish up and then try to meet people and stuff too but mm -hmm. i was already a professional musician when i went to school which is a lot different than somebody coming out of high school that hasn't really you know played any studios or or worked with professional musicians before yeah. so um i'd say that percentage uh, it's a lot stronger for me but when i'm doing like straight ahead jazz gigs or like private wedding parties it seems like i'm playing with more school musicians um mm -hmm. i'm in a piano trio right now with with this uh killing piano player and he's a good friend of mine but he he's went to some extremely well, you prestigious would think, schools you would think those are more like um guaranteed i won't say guaranteed but more like consistent gigs would be more towards more like <clears throat> leaning towards that more academic uh 
musician. If you go to the right school, because and that's what a lot of a lot of people when I was wondering should I even go to school for music, one thing that they always said mm-hmm. is if you go to a music school, make sure you go somewhere where there's a lot of talent and like-minded um, people peers, because essentially those are the ones that will hire you when they graduate. Mm-hmm. If, you know, so basic you have to gauge it almost like a basket, like a scout looking at it as okay this person's talented but they're also putting the work in and they have a real shot of doing something big so the problem with that mm-hmm. also is when you do it in missouri that 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 whole thing is kind of null and void because nobody's in missouri so if you're going to music school you need to be considerate of where i'd recommend like going to mm-hmm. somewhere in a, one of the major hubs of course like new york la um even chicago or nashville like somewhere like that, um, mm-hmm. Chicago's not a huge music scene, but those types of cities, you have since it's a bigger city, you have people that are probably going to be willing to move to a New York or L.A. after they're done with school. And that's usually how a lot of guys get, mm-hmm. you know, the good consistent work and, and honestly separates people from being able to play at, if you're playing at a bar compared to those that are on the road with a Kendrick Lamar. A lot mm-hmm. of the a lot of the music circles are so tight knit that if you're in LA, the percentage of getting a top pop gig is just it's harder because there's more musicians around, but the percentages yeah. of probability is still greater than being in, you know, um, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of factors to weigh in, um, but if mm. you know school, school could be a good means to an end too. If you do, if you take it serious enough to stay in the practice room, practicing for eight, nine, ten hours a day, which is essentially what I was doing. But it was mainly because I was already married when I went back to school for the second time. So I mean, uh, if you're gonna do the college, if you're gonna do what all of us have done before, <laughs> like I, the reason I haven't uh, kicked it with you personally a lot but i mean all of us we did we did our um share of you know partying in college so <laughs> you know if you're doing that and you're in music school i don't know how much it's going to work out for you unless you're one of the few that are just you know you have a natural knack for music um, right. which some guys actually do uh, and that's usually what you see when you see guys that didn't go to school they were they're they still honed their craft but they they had a gift to do it they kind of had it you know so 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 okay, um, back to your album a little bit. You did the college thing, um, you know. So, so you put it out. Mm-hmm. So what was the response to it? Oh man, so the yeah, and that's I forgot we were there, man. My bad. But uh, <laughs> but with the record, man, like I was saying, being that I had spent so much time with it, I produced it myself. So it was a lot of tireless nights of overanalyzing and you know back and forth that i was just relieved to have it out but i wasn't expecting a reception from Mm. the album so after i released it i got a lot of fantastic um reception from a lot of guys even in the industry that i've looked up to for a long time that have uh, huge producer credits and grammys which was humbling Mm. um because i just you know i didn't expect anything so a lot of it well, once I released it, my main focus was I need to get back in the studio and work on the next project because that music mm. I did so long ago, I have a new side of me that I'm wanting to show. But mm-hmm. having said that, I've gotten some great opportunities from this album. Um, in August, I did uh, the Richmond Jazz Festival. I had a 
a headline spot there, which was super crazy because I mm-hmm. I hadn't reached out to anybody to get it, and the the level of artists that were there, I mean, was everybody from um, let's see, Rakim to uh, Gladys mm-hmm. Knight to um, Brian McKnight, Frankie Beverly, um, you know, Joe oh, wow. Scott was out there last year, and Erica Badu. So it's really interesting um, when they when they emailed me uh, about doing a spot. Yeah, I thought I thought it was gonna be all local, local artists there because I'm <laughs> right. like you know I don't have that platform. But it just releasing this album has taught me a lot, and it also shows me that you know being on a label or any of that stuff doesn't matter if something's meant for you, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you have a product that people enjoy, uh, they really don't care about that, which has encouraged me a lot to kind of change my focus. So, um, so I had that happen, and then I. Um, just man, in the past two weeks, I've been getting a lot of airplay on um, on the major radio station in Baltimore, 88.9 WEAA, mm. on their morning show. Uh, they were mm. doing this uh, this fundraising drive for their for the station, uh, and I I, w- I, ha- I listened to it every morning. So I was listening to it, and they were taking a hundred dollar donations for people with small businesses. So. Mm. Uh, and then they said, um, if somebody, you know, if you have a small business or you donate at the, at least a hundred dollar mark, then you can, um, you can call, uh, also request your favorite song and all this, and we'll give you a shout out. So mm-hmm. I called them even, I'm like, I'm just going to see if they'll play my song. Cause essentially I've had some publicists that wanted to reach, uh, that have reached out to me and mm-hmm. that's usually, that's what they do. So they oh, just yeah. try to shop you around for press, like radio stations and, um, uh, and review album reviews so right uh it's expensive though so i figured i need to start mm-hmm. doing this on my own if i'm if i'm donating a hundred dollars to this radio station that's still a lot cheaper than what i would be paying a publicist to essentially try to get the same thing for me with no guarantee yeah, that smart. they would even get the music so yeah. so i called them and i told them i said i don't need a shout out i'm not a small business but i said i have a hundred dollars i got uh and i have one request that you play uh that you play a song from my debut album so then they start asking me like, "What, what, um, what kind of, what kind of music is it? This, this, and that." So I gave them a song off my album uh, Four, which a lot of people like, mm. and uh, and I told them I was like, "A lot of people like this one, so I'll let you play that." So they, before they played it, they pronounced my name all wrong and all that. So I called, <laughs> I called them while the song was playing to tell them my name, and uh, and the one girl, she's like, "Yo, this is this is dope," and all this. So she's. She's all excited, taking all my information down. So it, it's crazy, man. That was That's last. Tight. Yeah, man, that was last Wednesday. So they they were just going on and on on the radio about it afterwards. Like my wife called me. I was trying to listen, so I was mad because they was like, "Oh, we're adding, we're definitely adding this music to the playlist." Like they're saying all this on the air. Oh wow! And um and a couple people that knew me from Baltimore called in and like, "Hey, I know, I like, I know this guy. He's a great drummer and all that." So yeah, I, this. Fast forward to this Monday, I was driving in the car again, and I heard uh, Mr. Scroggins during during the morning oh, show. Oh, swag! Is, it's yeah. So I thought my phone had went off because I had it plugged into the aux cord. I'm like, man, something. I thought my phone started glitching. Yeah. I was like, oh man, they playing they playing my music again. So right. So, uh, <laughs> apparently, man, they've played it. They played different songs on my album all week this week. One of the girls that runs the radio show commented on my Instagram the day. She's like, we got to get you in for a. For a performance live on the air, so I'm, I'm kind of taking it all in, 
because it seems like hey, man, it, hey, don't don't forget who put you on first. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. This, this has been a oh, seriously though. This has been a conglomerated effort in the the. I really appreciate um, you guys mainly because we're we're kind of growing in our industries at the same time, and with that. Yeah. There's a lot of risk on taking guys, like even interviewing somebody like me who, like I, I don't consider myself to have a name. Um, I definitely don't as an artist. Like as a freelance musician, I, mm-hmm. I I do a little bit in certain parts, but it's different when you're leading a band, especially as hey, a drummer. Hey, we all know nobody's out here till one day we somebody. Well, yeah, that's that's it, man. But it's it's a matter of being able to see that vision. A lot of people don't like I. Even when I'm picking my band, I look at kind of the guys of who can grow, like who already plays at this level, not necessarily who has a name already. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people don't think like that. So I definitely appreciate, you know, the press that that you've gotten me, um, even just through through you guys' avenues. And, of course, it won't be the end, man. Like this is something, you know, 10, 15 years from now, so, we'll be able to look back yeah, and laugh. I mean. So it sounds like, you know, response has been great. People love it. I mean, four, that was definitely one of my favorite uh, tracks off the album, if I remember correctly. Man, um, man I, I appreciate that. Before you yeah. go on, too, the crazy thing about four, man, is that uh, that song, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm super transparent. So even if I'm on the podcast, I have to tell the truth. But that one was the one I had the most concern about, um, mainly because there were a lot of issues during the recording process that I wasn't happy with. I brought in different musicians and tried to patch up things and i just put a lot of manufactured mm. work on into that song compared to everything else that seemed to flow naturally so it was really interesting after the fact that most people they're just like oh man like i love four because i i went through three bass players like it was a, it was a uh, disaster trying to find um the sound that i was hearing in my head so right. um, hey, so it's like interesting surprise, man, man. Yeah, man. You know, I'm learning as I go. So, and that's that's the other part of when you're being a producer. I have to kind of sometimes take friendship and self out of the equation and look at the bigger picture, which is tough for me, man, because I consider myself somebody that gets along with you know most people and uh, and also try not to burn bridges. So it's interesting when I have to go different directions like that. But uh, mm. but it worked out. So sounds like it. Um. So now that that's out, uh, what you got? I know you. I know I'm sure you cooking something up. Yeah, man. I mean, I. It's it's hard for me to talk about things when it's not done already. But um, okay. but I'm working. But um, but you know, I mean, I do. I move in silence, but I'm here on the air, so it's good to you know advertise. But yeah, I'm I'm getting ready um here in the next couple of months to um start working on my my next project, which is. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be uh, crazy, man. I, the 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 ideas I have for it, it's it's definitely um, theme based. It's kind of based off of one idea, so it's definitely going to be um, more of a storytelling uh, type of album compared to this last one, um, with a lot of dark, I say, uh, dark things revolving around just. This sounds cliche, but there um, police brutality. But there was mainly one situation mm-hmm. um, that really stuck with me. This kid in Pittsburgh in um, in June got killed by a um, by a uh, police officer. And mm-hmm. what what made this situation? He was 16, but um, but what made it unique was I saw myself 
um, for the mm. first time because this kid, he was somebody that was a um, honor roll student. I was always a good student, but mm-hmm. he also he he lived that double life of wanting to be cool, which I feel like I skated. I skated out a lot of situations that I should have been killed for sure in high school. Mm. Um, you know, he was he was riding in the car, doing whatever he was doing. But um, I think they had just did a drive by. So mm. it was the the situation that really resonated with me was here's this kid that's he was all always involved with community service and helping people. He's 16. He write poetry. He was an honor roll kid. But then he also, depending on when you saw him, mm-hmm. he was this this thug. So he was doing right. he was doing both at the same time, which is unusual because a lot of guys they're either one or the other. So yeah. um, I felt like I was a wannabe, if anything, just for the people that I hung around and the situations that I, uh, well, man, that God kept me out of because I've seen a lot and a lot of my friends now. I mean, that. Try, trying to be cool, man. That's the downfall of a lot of people. And yeah, and until mm-hmm. you know, especially the black community, until like. Until that that fake gangster shit, that whole gang banging, selling drugs shit. Until that shit's no longer seen as cool, people gonna keep falling into that dumbass trap. Like that shit's just it, not cool, bro. Like it's, exactly. But we, man. but we, but we definitely glamorize that part and make it seem cool, so people definitely yeah. keep falling into that trap, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. So that's so I I kind of revolve. I got a lot of stuff around that um, that theme, along with the fact of. You know, the reasons behind why they shot him. I mean, he was running from out of the car because he was scared. But uh, it was one of those things where yeah. he it was like he was lawless. And I went back to another situation from St. Louis, the Dred Scott case, where uh, the Supreme Court mm. ruled um, that black men, black, black people didn't have um, any laws that the white man had to respect. So I'm tying a lot of things into that, along with my upbringing. And I'm doing it through. uh it's 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 gonna probably still be a jazz album because that's just what people say. But it's mm-hmm. it's mainly it's a lot of funk, uh, yeah. hip hop. I, I, I yeah, man. I still say it's to, just like how I described the last album, but different sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm you know I'm interested. I already got I got the album art already, so nice. that keeps me inspired because I'm my friend. When I kind of told him the storyline, he mm-hmm. he had visions. To just get started, so I told him, "Well, I'll take nice. a look. Just let you do what you do." And um, you know, looking at some of the work, I don't want to talk about it too much yet, but it it gets me in a different in a different zone. So I'm yeah. really, really excited about recording this one, um, Darius. I definitely hope I hope that we can link up uh, because I'm going to be recording it in Brooklyn. So yeah, man, uh, for I'll sure, I'll definitely be in contact um, so we can you know break some bread together and in person. Alright, absolutely. If it's anything like the first, it sounds 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 dope. Sounds like something I definitely cannot wait to hear. And of course, you know we'll be be right there to tell people. You know, go check it out, go listen to it, put it on the site and everything, just like last time. But I I appreciate have to do have to do a little little more. I'm cook up a little something more for the collab next time too, for sure. Oh yeah, man, dude, I got this. Um, and you know off. Off, off record, we'll, we'll definitely talk. Um, I got some things I'm just not completely ready to share yet, um, even as of today, some crazy good information. But uh, even with the collab stuff, too, I think some of the music on this album will definitely be able to um, work for some of the visions that you 
that you have for for your brand. So I'll I'll be sharing some of that with you uh, before it's released, just to get your get definitely. your thoughts. Definitely. Um, definitely. So, <clears throat> gonna keep this moving a little bit. Ready hit the one hour mark. You had a lot of good talks. We hit this last topic. So today, uh, we just had a post go up on the website. I don't know if you've seen our website lately, but we having a lot of good articles up there. And, yeah, um, man, I've been checking today, them. And today, um, we had one from Jeff Mitchell, uh, one of our top writers. He posted one talking about um, the titles Dealing in Death, What's Happening in Hip Hop. And, you know, he's talking about he's using two examples, XXX and Tashion and Mac Miller. And he kind of talks about this trend in hip hop about these young artists dying or, you know, about either violence or drugs or, you know, just, just this untimely demise. And it seems to happen a lot in hip hop, especially recently. And, um, basically the question he's posing is like, what, what in their music, you know, what's their music saying about their lives? And, and as us, as like listeners, should we feel some type of, responsibility to say something or to like act when you hear them expressing you know all of this this depression this pain all this stuff in their music before Mm -hmm. these things happen so I don't know like from your perspective of the position and then me and Darice's perspective as a consumer what you guys might think about this topic but I'm gonna start with you Darice like I don't know if you what do you feel about about that well I mean it's such an interesting topic to think about just over just the the span of hip-hop and then just like lately the deaths that have happened in hip-hop and um i don't know man that's so ah. it's like well because like as a fan you you you're inspired by these artists because you see a type of pain, you might recognize the pain and you might, it might help you deal with it because you know, they're dealing with like, they're still alive and they're still doing, you know, but then when they die, it's like, shit, you know, it's like, should people be doing more or like, or is the art the most important thing? Like people are like with Kanye right now, like, should he just stop? working you know and get healthy <laughs> or or just push himself as hard as possible you know and and try to make up for the thing he did two seconds ago and then trip trying to do the the next thing you know like i don't know it's weird the lyrics I mean, when you though, hear yeah like when you hear these artists speaking about these things constantly like i think x specifically and yeah. even, I mean, even Matt was talking about, you know, for years they've been talking about like depression and, and yeah. just all these I mean, things. Biggie and, and Pac both said they were going to die. Like, yeah, I mean, they, you gotta, if music or any type of art to be the best artist that you could be, the, the music or whatever your form of art is, it should be a, a direct reflection of. Or expression of your true self um mm-hmm. 
Now, I think we've been desensitized even from a listener standpoint because we went through such a phase where people were not really being true in their music. Mm -hmm. So you learn to just block out when people are saying things for, oh, they're just saying that mainly during the big car, you know, talking about hoes all the time during that era. Mm -hmm. That's when people, I think, kind of shut off from a listening standpoint of filtering what's real and what's what wasn't. But it seems like with this younger generation, um, and this is my opinion, of, of course, the the lyrical talent may not be there or that type of thing, but they have more of a, I guess, transparency or don't care mentality about They're them. not afraid to express exactly. who they it's, are and exactly. how they feel. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think we should take that. I think we should take that serious. And I say that because it seems like the track record of any artist that says they're going to die, it's like almost a hundred percent. Like I look at Amy Winehouse or even like uh, mm -hmm. back the jazz bass player that um, he wrote the, this song called Portraits of Tracy, which has been sampled by mm -hmm. SWV for Rain and uh, Chingy, like everybody that it was this bass solo essentially, but he, he told everybody that he was going to die at 35 and all this. And then that's what happened. Like, um, and Do you he, think it's them prophesizing it, or is just them kind of like crying out for help, like yo, somebody step in, like somebody help me, like I, I think it could be a little bit I'm of going both. on, you know. I mean, with, can't with it, sometimes it just seems like I don't, dude. That's deep because it's also like it sounds like it might be some type of spiritual thing too. But I, I that I don't know. Um, but I know even like with that bass player Jocko Pistorius, he said he would die at 35, and he kept doing his thing. He was dealing with all this depression, and then he ended up going to rehab. Um, but then he got out, and the way he died was basically by a bar fight. He got beat up by a club bouncer. So it's one of those things, like, did he really predict that he knew he was going to die? He just didn't know how, or, you know, it's mm. it's, it's, it's it's interesting. Man. But, but I do think that the attempt should already be there to try to help um, but obviously, uh, I don't know how much say a fan would have it. Like in Mac Miller's case, you know, he had been battling it for years. And even I know like with Ariana Grande, they said she she was constantly trying to get him help and mm -hmm. end up leaving him because, you know, he couldn't he couldn't kick kick his uh, his drug habit. So right. and that he's not the first one. I mean, Kurt Cobain, like all of these. Oh, a lot it's, of not, guys. it's not. It's not. It's just in rap. A lot more it's now, just that hip hop is the most mainstream and popular right now so it's it, right and that's and what I, makes it tough mm -hmm. it says hip-hop you know mac miller he he was white of course but with hip-hop being kind of synonymous with black culture we're so conditioned to bottle things in that it seems like even when somebody starts to admit things in our culture you kind of ignore it like oh they'll pull through they're they're strong enough to get over it you know with, yeah. yeah you know i've dealt with some depression lightly um a couple years ago, mainly from nothing else other than like a bunch of deaths that were taking place. I don't deal with death well, so a lot of yeah. friends and just it seemed like everything was happening bad at one time. I was going through uh, the marital issues and all that stuff, and mm -hmm. then it just snuck up on me. Um, so now I'm a believer that it can, like I I know what it feels like now. Um, and before I I would also be that person, kind of just blowing it off and thinking like oh, mental illness may be real but that's just for this person because they they did it to themselves type of thing you know or, mm -hmm. or that they can overcome it on their own uh, but now i you know i don't know i think there are some proactive steps that you have to take uh, you know but that's that's mm -hmm. provisionist or like hindsight of course 
Yeah. Um, because that's kind of how I beat mine. They tried to get me on medicines and stuff, and I started having too many body, bodily issues for my liking. You know, my I was playing drums on the boat at the time, and my my vision was getting all jacked up. So I got off of all the medication they tried to put me on. I was just like, I'm gonna figure out the root cause and then fight it myself. Like it might take longer, but I needed to actually mm-hmm. fight it instead of kind of fall victim to it. So um, well, it's interesting. He was kind of proposing that, you know, with social media and everything, it's so easy to reach people and reach out to people that fans shouldn't hesitate to, like, reach out to an artist that they think is seriously going through something, you know, um, seriously dealing with stuff, especially when they hear it in the music constantly over and over again. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're like, you know, if you love that person and you love that artist and love what they create that you can relate to, that you should do that. But I also mm-hmm. think that like fans can be some of the greatest things, and then they can be some of the worst things. You know, mm-hmm. tap to somebody like yeah. There's that one point where mm-hmm. they can be that positive impact and reach out to. You. Then they can be like the causing force of it almost, or like you know the reason that people do stay in these funks for so long. Like where they kind of don't like you know mm-hmm. uh, artists can be in that really dark phase. And the music all sounds one certain way. Yeah. And then they kind of get out of it. And then the music sounds differently. And then the fans are like, what happened? Like, what happened to you? Like, I'll be honest. I mean, there's a few you artists like, that are the music out. that we love you for, you know. Yeah. And they kind of don't want them to get better almost at the, at the same point, you know. They want them to kind of stay in that same. But that's right. what I'm saying about the music. Like, is it the music? The fans want, you know, like, what are the fans going to say? Like. Would they rather them sound like that when they're on the drugs? Because, like, you know, sometimes they don't sound the same, you know, or like... Or depressed or, you know, not making the same type of music. Yeah, yeah. but honestly, there's yeah. a few artists that remind me of, like, feelings like that, that I, you know, like, are we going to push, you know, like like little Uzi Vert, kind of, sometimes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, too. Is a little... He seems sadder than he should. He used to. Actually, he seems happier on his videos, but those are all promoting songs. So I don't know, you know, he, he he honestly seems like he's doing less and less. Like, like I don't know. So, like, he's one that I would be worried about. Man, these Just, these fans these fans are the ones that actually do. Because I, like, I saw where Ari Lennox, I guess, like, a few months ago, she... Like she tweeted, posted on Instagram, said she was giving up music forever and all this. Mm. A lot of it was because of the fans. Like there's, I forgot the syndrome that they call it, but once you reach that success or you reach popularity, oh, yeah, they want to see you lose. Yeah, they enjoy your music, and it almost puts you in more of a depression because you all that pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 feel this expectation to deliver a certain level of of product, yeah. and you don't know if you can meet your own demands. Because of all these fans and all of that stuff, and that mm-hmm. can put you into a shell too. I mean, you see, it seems like most of the ones that deal with the most extreme levels are the ones that are the most popular. I mean, you see, like a Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato, I was yeah. thinking about her. Super she popular, almost, man. I love her music, man. Yeah. yeah. So she she's an amazing writer. Like her, yeah. her songs are yeah. So it's I just mean, sad to see. It's tough. It's definitely. It's a deep question. It's not really one that has a clear answer. There's no clear answer to it because you can't, at one point, as a fan, yeah, you're going to do so much. And and as an artist, you can only look 
towards other people so much, you still have to internally be happy, like by yourself, you know, at the same time, you have to be happy with yourself and you have to be happy with the music you create. You can't always look out for others all the time. So, I mean, but in a genre or in like an art form that is so like for everybody, you know, like you create something, it's for everybody. That so everybody kind of has their input on it, whether you like it or not. So I mean, it's a. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what can curb this trend in hip hop because it just seems like we're in like a really emo space right now. So yeah, it does. A lot of that's man. It's it's attacking the issues that get you that get you to that point, which is usually it seems like childhood. Like I know with Demi, the parental, you know, all of that stuff. It seems like the older we get, we never address how we grew up, and uh, which yeah. does make us into the artists that 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 we are. But at the same time, at some point, it's going to constantly haunt you in every relationship you have with your friends or boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever. If you don't address, I can't. I mean, those. I can't speak on every artist in hip hop, but I know for a lot of people in hip hop, since it is such a obviously black dominated genre, I, I I think a lot of it does come down to just the generational trauma of just mm-hmm. That's generation I mean. after generation after generation you seeing this shit happen like over and over and you just kind of lose hope you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you turn towards something else and you turn towards you know so yeah I don't, I don't really know I don't really know the answer to, to, to I, I gotta it, read it, that it article just a, yeah it's just a it was an interesting article in the post you said that was today it was that today um, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the front out. page yeah so that's some, that's I mean, stuff. for those of you you know want to see more more about what he was kind of talking about, you definitely should read the article. It's a great article. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any thoughts about this topic that we talked about, you guys can let us know in the comments down below. So let's uh, start to wind this down a little bit um, before we go. What uh, any new music you're listening to that you suggest to people? Check out anything, uh, man. I've been super tunnel vision, uh, but mm-hmm. I've been checking out a few artists, man. From this, uh, there's a few record labels out in LA. Um, most people, if you're a music lover, you may be familiar with Brain Feeder, which is like Flying Lotus, Thundercat, Flying Lotus, um, Thundercat. So, okay, yeah. So it's a branch off of them. They're all under the same like. Brain Feeder is the label that they're under, but they're also under one major distributor. So the other one I've been listening to is uh, World Galaxy Music. So that's out in L.A. too. Similar sound as all the Flying Lotus stuff, but there's this girl on there I've been checking out, man. Her name is uh, Flying Natasha. Lotus is out there. Oh, yeah, man. She's, her name is uh, Natasha Grama. I've been checking her out. She's like a, a pop soul I don't know what it is. It's kind of all in that same line of like the Flying Lotus type electronics, but behind like some jazzy vocals. So I'm, mm. I'm digging her voice right now. So I've been checking her out. Nice. Um, man, who else have I been? I've been listening to a lot of stuff. And now, uh, as usual, you get you get the brain uh, brain freeze. Uh, right. It'll come back to me after the podcast. But yeah, I've been checking her out a lot, man, lately. Um, just kind of getting a refreshing relaxing vibe because it seems like my life has been so fast paced lately so i've been you know easing in a little bit Mm. um and then i've been checking out uh, not 
rapidly, but as I can, some of the the newer um, hip hop releases. Um, so of course, uh, Lupe with his re- his mm. release that was what a couple weeks ago. So I'm sure y'all already talked mm. about that. But yeah. uh, but you know that. Yeah, yeah. There's a few. Um, there's a few guys that I know on that album. Uh, bass player by the name of Nigel Rivers, um, mm. who I met and jammed with a little bit when I was living in the Dallas Fort Worth area. He's on a couple tracks. Um, there's a lot of other jazz like jazz uh, musicians that are also playing and working on production behind the scenes on on that album, which mm. I always always enjoy because I feel like if, if it's a music of our culture. A lot of yeah. these genres they're kind of intertwined more than people may realize. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean it's it hasn't been anything too major, man. Just I'm I just try to keep my ears open to everything at all times. So, yeah. you know, and then pull from it when I feel the inspiration to listen. I'll grab an album and then I'll just play that album for um, maybe a couple months. The same thing I said, man. In the first, right. the nothing changes for me, man. I did the I did the first video, Dario. Um, I was honored enough to uh, do the very first video for for you guys, um, the video interview. I think back in 2016, yeah. and I kind of I said the same thing back then too. But I'm always a big believer of that. I guess the musician in me, I'll take one album then just dissect it for a long time. But I kind of yeah. keep my ears open until I All get right, so that inspiration. Let me get your quick opinion. Uh huh. Little Wayne, is he back? No. That's my opinion. I know a lot of people enjoy, <laughs> but I don't like some of the things he did on that record, man. Just like taking carbon copy, uh, you know, tracks that I've already been done before and then kind of treating it like it was a mixtape. I don't know yeah. if I'm really a fan. And it, a lot of it seemed forced or dated because some of the music, obviously, he had mm-hmm. finished, but he was dealing with the label. I think that the fact that he's older now and it just, I have a vision of Wayne, of what he was when. I listen to him religiously. Now I see yeah. like the little Uzi Verts and all the young school of rappers, and then him trying to do their type of thing. It doesn't mm-hmm. really seem like it meshes well, to see, me. See, I look, I looked at it differently. Oh, I he's know he's not doing. It differently. He's not doing their thing. They're doing his thing. Like he was yeah, he doing this way before while, they were doing it. So of course they're gonna <laughs> sound like sound similar, considering he's basically birthed all these all these littles and youngs that you got right now. Yeah. And I, I I don't think he's back, but you can't deny that this was better than the Carter Ford era and oh, the mixtapes you put than, out since it, then. No, it was for sure better than the Carter Ford man. But I was. It's just really interesting when you see like the way they manufactured it together. Like Wayne was not a big rapper to be known for all these like big mm-hmm. name features on his album, so that was also interesting because usually when you see a lot of that, you see where they don't think that the the main act can support uh, or make the album good enough. Like usually mm-hmm. it, when you're on a high level, your features are guys on your label that are under you, or, you know, you might have one track where you, you have a misnomer of somebody of equal skill level, but to just have like, you got Snoop coming on, just doing like cameos and you yeah. know, Kendrick. And it, it seemed like they really did everything they could to try to well, force Wayne into the For line. an album that was in, uh, production hell for about six years. It sounded a lot better than I expected it. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. The expectation was low. So, yeah. yeah. It, it was a, I mean, the album wasn't bad, uh, but when you asked me if I think he's back, I still think no. I'd have to hear something else 
in the aftermath of this to oh, see. Oh yeah, me sure. too. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I feel next you. project's gonna be the most telling. Yeah. Right. I heard Ice Cube's getting ready, getting ready to drop another album. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Listen to anything recently other than Mick Jenkins? Oh man, Mick, man, how is that? I haven't uh, music? That out yet. Mick's my boy, man. Have you have you checked out the Mick Jenkins? Is that record not good? I hear crickets, man. What's going on? You have to check it out. Well, Dario doesn't like it because it's it's nah. It's like mad. Uh, it's it's extremely jazz driven, and it's very low key. It's more like a um. It's not like any of his other projects, Mick Jenkins' other projects, but. It's chill. It's like so chill. It's so, so chill. It's it, like a it's like a conversation album. So it's great bedtime music. So you're saying? No, because you don't listen to stuff <laughs> critically. <laughs> like, so you tried to say Balenciaga <laughs> is in fire? That's your Barcelona. Right? I said Balenciaga. Barcelona. No, Dar- son. Dar- Dario don't like the Mick, the new Mick album. I don't know. Look, Nick is cool. Put on, put on, He's just put never on somebody I've ever really been able to get into. Really, man, I really love nah. Trees and Troops and Waters, man. I love those. I feel like his well, that's his the thing. After that, kind of went down. Dario's, compared to those Dario two. never liked those. He didn't. He didn't. He wasn't a fan of that either. So yeah, he kind of. You, you don't like those, asleep, man. You're not a Nick fan. Yeah, no, those both, both I, of those. I've never, I've never claimed to be. Yeah. But right. you have you did you see any of the did you at least appreciate any of the the artistry in that because I know like with To Pimp a Butterfly you didn't really dig that album per se but you enjoyed the artistry so did you kind of look I, at, make I the appreciate same? the artistry um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's I don't I don't think he's playing anything on To Pimp a Butterfly's artistry oh no no well no, no, of, no especially when it comes to actually rapping and, what you mean but Jenkins <laughs> said only, only nigga that come for him is Kendrick. Well, I got. I can name about, and I hope that ten you're more. So, <laughs> I, I can name about ten more that can come from. But yeah, like um, it's untrue. Watch me debunk yeah, man, your kung fu. I'm see. I'm man, dropping what, the Mick Jenkins. Bars. That's one thing about the the industry right now, man. There's some guys that still that still are some heavyweights in my eyes lyrically. I mean, like your your Dave East or or Nick Grant. Like I, I think there's cats mm. out there, but people just don't want to. They don't focus yeah, on see, them. Right. You don't like uh, Doris. Don't like Dave East. Really, man, Davies goes hard, man. Davies is too much for me, man. It's the same. It feels like the same song every. It's like insert Davies voice here, and the rhyme scheme's <laughs> never different, bro. Yeah, it's, we'll see. But I, I think because he's a different type, he's a different type of rapper. So I have to be in the mood scheme, for Dave East, like to listen to it. Like it can't just be Davies playing in the back, like. I just I don't. Oh no, but you know he well he's he has that New York grit, man. I mean it's not really background yeah. music, but that's yeah, true. Yeah, like he got that bite to him, man. So yeah, but I've been know. bumping uh Jesse Reyes. There's like three joints on her project that I, I've been playing a lot. Um, Apple Juice, Dear Dear Yesi, and Imported. Imported's probably my favorite song. Oh man, I'll have to check album. it out. Um. And yeah, the only reason I checked it out is because of uh, her Eminem features on comic on a uh, Kamikaze. 
Is that the mm-hmm. album? Kamikaze. Yeah. So, like, she was on, I think, two songs on that shit. And I was like, who the hell is that? And her voice was amazing. So I had to check out the project. It's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. It's not, like, out of this world, but she's got those those three tracks that I said are, like, mm-hmm. definitely worth checking out. Um, Swiss, I listened to briefly. I don't know if it's, like, all the way out or what's going on, but... I think it just released or it's just about to release or something. Yeah, well, there's a Pusha T song on there that's dope. And that's all I really remember off top about that. Tory Lanez, I liked, but it's not that amazing. It's just solid. It's, it's, Tory, solid. it's actually a really good effort from Tory Lanez. Solid. Tory has never put out a bad project. No. It's just never no, like amazing. Yeah, he's, he's just, just consistently he just good. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that drip, drip, drip. With Meek is is going hard. That's why don't you love me? The intro song. Oh, that's an amazing intro. Like that set up this whole shit like very well. That's the. Vibe. I feel like he's so talented, but it's just something about him that's just never like. I think it's he has like a level of safe to him, man. Like he knows what's going to yeah. get good reception, so he does that mm-hmm. instead of just. And he sounds and he makes songs that sound like uh, you know just what other people's songs might sound like. I just don't think yeah. he's. Yeah unique enough in his lane from right. everything else. But he's like super talented. Like right. I, say, though, talented. Into it. I like it better than my tie. I like Tori's album better than my tie. The um I do. I Tyler do. I'll agree with you and um Jeremiah. I'll agree with you there. Collab. So but I still like my I like my tie too though. Yeah, no, I'm not saying my type. It's just bad. a solid. They're I both just, just solid projects. Toys is yeah. just better project. All they got to they got to take notes from y'all, man. Living life fearless. I mean, I think <laughs> if they seriously though, if, hey, they, if they're a little more fearless, they, more risky. Watch my reactions. Yeah. I tell them is everything they need doing the music game. Oh, as yeah. you know me, I'm the music connoisseur, so um, yeah. I'm just thing. give some of my quick opinions to some of this stuff. But I obviously listened to a little bit of everything that came out. Yeah. Uh, that I actually let, like, I mean, all right, off top, that's trash. Quavo Huncho, trash. Crucial and Juice Bro, trash. Um, Big Ugh. Jenkins, trash. Um, <laughs> sincerely, to- made in Toyo, sincerely, Tokyo, just got about two good songs. The rest is trash. What? Um, <laughs> that's funny. I didn't check it out. Little so Baby and Gunna, about two songs. Rest, trash. Drake song. Dom Kennedy, unfortunately, <laughs> not very good. Oh, oh no, that's a um, Dom Kennedy dropped. Yeah, it's just not very good. Don um, or Dom? Dom. Oh, oh, really? Oh, I missed that. Yeah, well, I guess it's, huh. Khalid Sun City. Yeah, good, very good. Um, oh, Khalid, yeah. There's like three songs on there floating in all the playlists and shit. Action Bronson just had one called White Bronco. It is trash. Not trash. Just a little disappointing. I was expecting more from his first independent in a while, but hmm. it was lazy effort. It felt a little lazy. Um, Currency, Freddie Gribbs, and Alchemist Fire. Uh, Fetty, they have a little joint project. Apollo Brown and Joel Ortiz. Mona Lisa got a joint project. Fire. What? The Black Eyed Peas, Masters of the Sun, Volume 1, Fire. Uh, for those that don't know, the Black Eyed Peas went back to their hip-hop roots. And for those that don't know, yes, they started out as hip-hop. Yeah, they were signed to Easy es Ruthless. <laughs> Darisa, Darisa, 
I haven't checked it out. I'm going to have to check and it out. And they are going, oh, yeah. and it's straight up them back to their old backpack, uh, alternative backpack is Fergie, hip-hop. Is Fergie still in there? No, it's just, it's oh, literally okay. the original <laughs> Black Eyed Peas. Like, you don't get no pop records on here. Straight hip-hop. <laughs> yes, sir, that's, um, that's lit. Usher and Zaytoven, surprisingly good. <laughs> it's surprisingly good. He got some songs that. in there. I don't know. He got a couple that. songs in there. I like how y'all disagree on it on almost every one on this one. Bro, that Usher it's album was so forced. That was the most forced I've ever he, heard. He got some songs on there. He got some songs on there that you can that you can definitely buy right to. Yeah, they're made for the club. He did that. Exactly. It was it, Usher and Zaytoven. What do you expect from Usher and Zaytoven? I, I expect Usher to like make a good album, not just a money grab album. It was like it was just like here it's you guys with go. Zaytoven. It's literally songs just for the whip and the I club. I get it. I get it. I just didn't care about it. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, when's the last time you've been to the club? Well, it's been a minute, actually. <laughs> exactly. So, of course, it's not going to be there for you. All right. So, those are those. So, the ones that I'm actually listening to on a consistent basis, I'm listening to 21 Pilots Trench. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to like this one from the singles. As much as I like that last one, but I actually like this one a lot. It's been a pretty consistent rotation for me. Yeah. <clears throat> Say Lulu. Um, you guys might not know. They are a indie pop duo. I forget out of where, but this is their sophomore uh, project called Immortal, spelled E-I-M-M-O-R-T-E-L-L-E, and it is fire as fuck. They're making it hard for us to, to look it up. Yeah, just say Lulu. Say L O U L O U. That is the pop duo. Surprisingly mm-hmm. fucking fire. Indie pop. Super dope. Mm-hmm. And T I Dime Trap. Fire. Fire. Uh this is his best <laughs> album in a real long time. What wow, about bro, 15 years? That, that shit is fire, bro. T I yes. got some smart niggas. Dime Trap is it, it, people have heavily been sleeping on Dime Trap. But listen to me. Don't sleep on this one. He 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 got back in his bag on this one. Yeah. The song slap. Uh, he actually his bars are on point. He gives you some street stuff, and he gives you the more conscious stuff. Like this is like grown man. This is like grown man Ti. Like this is this is what I've been waiting for. Him to blend the two together, and I think he did oh, it. Oh, that Meek Mill joint on there? Uh, Hefe? Yeah. Dying Trap, stop sleeping on it. It's fire. Um, and lastly, on some real street, you know, dude, I've been talking about for a while, man. Mozzie, Gangland Landlord, um, is the project that I've had on repeat for quite a long time now. Mazi. By way of Northern California, Sacramento to be the exact. That's the last one on oh, my yeah. list. So that I, I know that's going to be some. To. Yeah, because you oh, said he's from Sacramento. He from, he from around you. Yeah. It I know goes. he's thugging. If, yeah. if y'all, y'all want to listen to one song, that just listen to Not Impressive. Mozzie, Not Impressive. It's I'm, It'll I'm make you listen to the I'm project. I'm putting it down it's right now. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah. No, no. Mozzie. Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember. Must, I did check out that. No, his shit's lit. For sure. I gotta listen, so, listen. No, listen, 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 because he's definitely one of the most underrated flows and lyricists in hip hop, just because he is on that Northern California lingo. But he, 
he don't rap like E40, bro. Just no, no, he no, actually is out there mm. piecing words together like it's and the lingo's incredible. So yeah, definitely right, check man. that out. Oh, actually, no, it's crazy. There's two singles out. Oh, I don't even want to mention it, but I will anyway. Nicki Minaj is on the Tiger single, Dip. It's fire. <laughs> and Cardi B dropped a single called Money. And it is also pretty fire. Hmm. Side note. Oh, yeah, I heard them. Tiger is the comeback artist of the fucking century. This nah, guy knows how decade. to come back from L's like nobody's business. <laughs> Actually, yeah, he's come back. Time and again, every time, again not, and again, every time you count him out, he comes back with like, another oh, hit. Oh yeah, like we thought he was out of Young Money, then he came back. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh y'all thought he was done after after Kylie. After Kylie, nah, he came back with a number one smash on y'all, and it's everywhere. For real, yeah, I got yeah. So he doing his thing. Yeah, hey, say what you want about him, he always finds a way to bounce back somehow, some way. You gotta appreciate that. And taste, I, I can't even lie. Taste is fire. Taste, yeah. Honestly, this <laughs> this single is fire. Like, this is a really good single for Tiger. This dip song with Nicki. Yeah, because it, it's yeah. it's like it's so well arranged. Because it it has like instead of like a double verse like by each artist, they did like this kind of like extended bridge with Nicki at the end. It made it feel like a second verse, which was tight. Right. So. I'm just telling y'all, hey, all jokes aside, he's actually putting out some fire. Yeah. So that is it for music that we're currently listening to. Before we get out of here, I'm definitely going to tell you guys, like we always do, the next two weeks of upcoming releases to be on the lookout for starting tomorrow. Or, yeah, tomorrow. Today, my time. Uh, Action Bronson, White Broncos, officially releasing on this Friday. Uh, Tenacious D, surprisingly. Has oh, an album shoot. called Post Apocalypto. The Prodigies has an album called Notorious. Vince Staples just released um, a surprise album oh. called FM. Oh, that's shit. I got it. Oh, I didn't listen to that. Let's check that, that out for sure. Need to check that one out. I Vin- have it already loaded yeah, and ready to go. I will have my reaction to that next week. Um, See what else is coming out. This is all for November 2nd. So Swiss Beats is dropping Poison tomorrow as well, officially. What else? Um, They have Takeoff listed as the last rocket, but I don't know if he's actually releasing a project tomorrow or not. But he's listed as November 2nd. Oh, well, he's definitely going to. He released a solo single. And QC, yeah, but you, does that mean he's going to drop the project right after? Well, QC's released a project every Friday this month. Yeah, but they built up uh, Quavos for a little bit while before his singles. Yeah, but their artists are, they have a project under them that's come out every week. So, I mean, look, it could come out tomorrow. We'll find out. It's, it hasn't listed right now. It's coming out November 2nd. I haven't seen anything that says it's coming out for sure, but it's listed. Well, we'll see. And then for next Friday, November 9th, um, Imagine Dragons. That's another one. They've they've been putting out way too many, way too fast. Yeah, that's not good. Oh, they've been losing. You can tell. Yeah, it's (laughs) way too many, way too fast. But they have another one coming out, Origins. 
Hmm. Little Peep is they're releasing his posthumous release, Come Over When You're Sober Part 2. Muse hmm. Simulation Theory is finally being released. Let me see what else is coming out. These are all again for November 9th, so next Friday. Jeff Goldblum's? Jeff Gold, not Blooms. Jeff Goldblum has some sort of record coming out called the Capitol Studio Sessions. Mm. Huh. Okay. For those that don't know, Jeff Goldblum, uh, you know, Jurassic Park 2, I believe. Was it 2 or was it 1? I think it's 2. Independence Day. You know, just oh, YouTube yeah. him. Yeah. He's a character for sure. So, <laughs> he's got something coming out November night. That's so weird. That is it. That is it for new releases um, for over these next two weeks. And that is it for this week's show of Music Files. Again, today's day was November 1st, 2018. Yeah. Shit got real, man. This was a real dense podcast. We hit on some real, uh, some real topics and really went in. Uh, yeah. So, I want to thank Jaron, of course, for joining us once again. Always good to have you on here. Always yeah. a good conversation. I appreciate both of y'all, brothers, man, giving me opportunity to get on here and uh, fellowship, talk about deep topics. Uh, definitely was enlightened. I got a few things. I got to go back to the drawing board and. Uh, study i got i got some new music to check out and check out you know some other things going on in my industry so much much love mm-hmm. to you all man and uh if you haven't list, heard his album yet by now you definitely need to go ahead and listen to that one it's still listed in our posts on live my fearless and it's also on your website and you want to yes. you want to give everybody just your information real quick yeah um y'all can find me uh i'm on uh, instagram at drums Hoops 23, that's uh, D-R-U-M-S, Hoops, H-O-O-P-S, the number 23. Um, my website is my my artist name, that's JaronLamarDavis.com. I'm also on Facebook under Jaron Lamar Davis. So, uh, we will have all up. this also in the description, so... Yes, definitely hit me up. I, I'm I'm good about engagement and reaching back out and looking to build new fans. Uh, so let me know after you check out the album what you think. Yep, definitely check it out. Um, we will definitely have you on again here soon, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, to talk about more stuff you got in the works <laughs> and and you know you always welcome to join us just to chop it up about music because that's what we love to do. Oh man, I appreciate that. I'm a music lover too, on top of artists. So definitely appreciate you guys. And, uh, yeah, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, if any of these topics, please, please leave comments. Please, you know, email us, tell us, ask us questions. We love the engagement with you guys. You can do that anywhere this goes up, either on YouTube, our website, SoundCloud, wherever we post it. It's also on iTunes. Pretty much everybody, everywhere except for Spotify at the moment. Um, so wherever that goes up, yeah, definitely leave comments and engage with us. We love we love to hear from you guys. But thanks again for listening. Um, mm-hmm. We'll be back shortly. Next week we'll be back with the Fear of the Show. And then the week after that we'll be back with another episode of Music Files. So do what, Darius? Yeah. Keep living life fearless, y'all.
Yes, sir. Yeah. We will be back shortly. Catch y'all soon. Peace.